you know, I've, I've traveled around the country and even different places around the world. And there are some great spots out there, but I don't think any place is as special to me and as unique as the Southern Appalachian Mountains, specifically Western North Carolina. That was Clayton Manch, owner of Asheville Adventures, which is a company that offers private locally led adventure tours in the Southern Appalachian Mountains of Western North Carolina. My dad getting us outside, encouraging us, showing us, pushing us, and it, it taught me how to love it. You know, when I was 13, my dad wanted like us to do this like manhood trip, you know, as becoming a man and growing up. So we through hiked the Grand Canyon, four days in the canyon uh, from north room to south. Clayton is a native to Asheville. He grew up roaming and exploring the backwoods of Western North Carolina, and his dad played a major role and influence in his love for the outdoors. Um, it's the biggest hub of what's called sex tourism in Southeast Asia. And when I was there, it broke my heart, Mike. Asheville Adventures is all about providing unique, one-of-a-kind private adventure tours, but their business model has a deeper purpose. That was Clayton expressing his deep heart for supporting efforts to end sex trafficking and sex tourism in Southeast Asia, and also restoring the hearts of the people caught up in this culture. Receiving over 77 five-star excellent ratings at TripAdvisor, Clayton and his staff of guides at Asheville Adventures have created an incredibly unique and highly personalized adventure tour guide service. No two trips are the same, and each is completely customized to match the ability and interest of the private group. If you're interested in breaking away from the crowds and experiencing these mountains like never before, you're going to love this episode. You're listening to Exploration Local, a podcast designed to explore and celebrate the people and places that make the Blue Ridge and Southern Appalachian Mountains special and unique. My name is Mike Andrus, the host of Exploration Local. Join us on our journey to explore these mountains and discover how they fuel a spirit of adventure. We encourage you to wander far, but explore local. Let's go. I'm excited to have Clayton Manch on the show today. He is the owner of Asheville Adventures. They're a locally led adventure tour company that offers the greatest private hiking tours in Asheville. Welcome to the show, Clayton. Mike, so great to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. I'm glad we could we could finally connect. I know you've been a busy man and and I have too. And you've been out on the trail what for what last four days or so, I guess? Yeah. Nonstop. Nonstop this last four days. That's awesome. That's good. All right. So if you're gonna run an adventure company, man, you certainly live in one of the absolute best places in the country to lead tours, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, guaranteed. Um, you know, I've I've traveled around the country and even different places around the world and there are some great spots out there, but I don't think any place is as special to me and as unique as the Southern Appalachian Mountains, specifically Western North Carolina. Amen. And you're no stranger to these mountains. I mean, this is where you grew up. This is home for you, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. These are kind of my backyard. Um, I spent all my life here. Um, in fact, I, I bragged to my family because they moved up before I was born. And so they're, they're a Florida family, but I always brag that I'm a, an Asheville guy. Um, and it's it was cool to grow up and have these places to go to just as a kid. Um, you know, it's endless exploring, endless adventures, um, just, you know, right outside your door. And it, it's, it was amazing growing up here. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. And that is interesting because that was your background. That's what you did. That was your love and passion. And then that is what has become your full-time occupation through Asheville Adventure. So 
tell us a little, you kind of alluded to it, but tell us a little bit about your, your background, some of the things that you did uh, growing up outdoor wise. And then when did you see that vision for Asheville Adventures begin to come to life? When was that sparkle in your eye? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's ironic because growing up, I think I, I credit my father for getting me into outdoor activities because uh, he always, me and my siblings, he was always getting us outdoors. And ironically, I did not like to go hiking. He would drag us up the Blue Ridge Parkway. And I remember being a little boy and I didn't understand it. You know, it wasn't what I wanted to do uh, or I was tired or whatever the case may be. And I didn't like it. And I thank him for continuing to push me to get me outdoors, even as a small child. Um, In fact, we there's a picture on my website of us at the base of Mount Pisgah when I'm just a little kid. And I'm sure we weren't giving him the best attitude when they dragged (laughs) us up there, but they did, you know, and they're like, no, we're going to do this as a family. And throughout my life, I learned to love it, learn to appreciate it and enjoy it. Um, You know, one big factor in that was actually the Boy Scouts program. Okay. Um, I remember being 12 years old and, you know, a friend of mine was in Boy Scouts and my dad like took me and my younger brother over there. And he's like, hey, y'all are going to do this. And we didn't want to do it. But he he's like, no, I think I think you should do it. You have to give it a shot. So we tried it. Anyway, we, we did it for a couple of years and worked our way up the ranks. And I ended up enjoying it and becoming an Eagle Scout, Good for you. Um, finishing the program. And I was like, oh, that was actually really worth it. And it allowed me to I mean, we were backpacking every weekend. Mm. Um, I mean, sorry, that's a lot. We were backpacking every month. So one weekend every month, we'd go backpacking on a trip. Um, and so as I was not liking it at first, I was learning all these skills. I was learning uh, different things about the outdoors, how to appreciate them, as well as life skills along with it, because there's so many things we can learn from the outdoors about our own life. Yeah. Um, and then it, it kind of morphed into me coming into high school. And then when I started having more freedom and driving, Growing up here, that's all me and my friends did. We'd go find new spots. You know, I remember it was always, uh, you always tried to find the coolest spot, you know, and you'd take pictures of it. You wouldn't tell anyone else where it was. <laughs> We'd always pride ourselves on having, you know, the coolest swimming hole or waterfall or peak or view, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, you know, we still have a couple of those secret spots we get together and go to every once in a while. And so, you know, that was a big, a big part of it. My dad getting us outside encouraging us, showing us, pushing us. And it, it taught me how to love it. You know, when I was 13, my dad wanted like us to do this like manhood trip, you know, as cool. becoming a man and growing up. So we through hiked the Grand Canyon. Oh my. Um, at 13. So, Holy moly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Four days in the Canyon, uh, from North Rim to South. And it was awesome. You know, looking back, just the coolest experience ever. And even now will me and my brothers, my dad, will go do a trip. Um, every year or so, like we just did a trip through the bush of Alaska, um, a couple days out there. And so it, it has been, I credit to my father. Yeah. He's the one that really got me into it. Um, and it growing up here, learning about it and learning about myself, I've come now to, to love it and appreciate it. And now to be able to do it for a living is it's truly amazing. You know, it's not everyone loves their job. And there's parts of my job that it's, you know, it's grueling. You're like, Oh man, I got to do this paperwork or these forms, whatever it may be. But being outside is so good for me and it, it helps my mental health and so many things. And so it's, I truly enjoy getting to do it, um, almost every day. 
it's been cool to see just it come full circle in my life and growing up here. Man, that's so cool. That's so cool. And you're right. Not a lot of people get a chance to say that, you know, every day when I wake up, I, you know, it's not work for me. It's, it's, it's my enjoyment. It's my passion. And it became a way to make a living. So I applaud you for doing that. And I'm, I'm glad you're sort of walking in what you're made for. It sounds like. So trying, trying to, yeah, well, I mean, you know, you are, so how old are you? How old are you, bud? I'm 23, Mike, man. Wise beyond your years at 23. I wouldn't, I wouldn't guess that. I mean, I know that you're expecting a baby. You shared that with me a little bit, but mm-hmm. man, you definitely sound, sound wise beyond your years. So, all right. So did you go to school around here? Did you go to school someplace else? No. Yeah. I went to school here. We actually went, I was homeschooled growing up here in Asheville. All right. I went to a, a homeschool co-op. Um, and so we, there's several tutors around Asheville and we'd all, you'd go to class like three days a week or so. And, and that's kind of how it worked. Uh, surprisingly, there's a big homeschool community in Asheville. And then into high school, I actually dual enrolled at AB Tech when mm-hmm. I was a junior. Okay. Um, and then all those credits that I took, I just take normal college courses and they would count as high school credits and college credits. So when I graduated high school, I was done with my first year of college oh, from wow. AB Tech. So it, it kind of worked out to get me, you know, finish some school up while in high school. All right. So track back again when when do you think that twinkle was in your eye of i love to do this stuff i'm passionate about the outdoors and where i live and i want more people to experience what i'm experiencing when how did that come to fruition and how long have you guys been in business mm, yeah, yeah yeah i think uh you know the moment i had the idea for it i'd always i loved it through high school never had the idea of a business or anything like that um but i was actually traveling i did a bit of a gap year during college and I was traveling different countries around the world. And I was living in the Philippines at the time. And I was talking to a friend there who lived in Mississippi. And I said, hey, when you come to Asheville, uh, there's these waterfalls I want to take you to that me and my friends used to go to. Um, and then I was like, man, that would be a really cool business just to go to these spots that we found in these places we would always go to. And then from the Philippines on my iPad, I built a website. Um, and kind of came up with an idea and just started doing research and looking at permits and insurance and whatever it would take. And that was the spring of, I guess that was early 2016. And then that summer led my first trip of, of a couple and took them on a trip to some waterfalls. I didn't even know what I was doing. Um, you know, just starting out. And as soon as they got in the car, it's like, hey, guys, just letting you know, this is uh, our first trip ever. Um, now that you're already with us, just want to let you know. And it was awesome. And I loved it. And they had a great time. Um, and then I was like, man, th- this is what I want to do. I want to give people the experience I had growing up, which is kind of a, a stress-free experience of going to uh, some really cool waterfall spots or really cool adventures, I'd say, uh, which led to us only doing private trips. So we don't like mix groups or anything. It's just the group that books because um, we want to be focused on what they're looking for and what they can handle. Hmm. Um, so you're not at the mercy of a big group or anything like that or strangers. And then we wanted to take care of everything. So snacks, water, gear, locations, even transportation. Every trip we go and we pick you up. And then take you on the trip and then drop you back off where you're staying or where you're at uh, so that it's you don't have to think about it. It's really easy. And, yeah, so now we're, we're looking on what, like four and a half years almost of doing it. Yeah, it's been it's been really cool. And that started out as you. And then mm-hmm. you are doing this with 
a few other guides. You have some help. You have a, a staff of, of guides that are on now with you full-time or part-time? Part-time. Part-time. I've got two other, two other guides working with me. Um, and then my wife helping out as well. She's, she's crucial uh, to keep me going. Um, but yeah, a, a small team. We were looking to build our team in the spring of this year. And we went through several interviews with candidates for more guides and whatnot. But obviously, everything got thrown off this year yeah. in the world of tourism. Yeah, we'll talk about that here in a little bit because I know for somebody who's in the tourism business, this pandemic has definitely affected the way you're doing business as it has everybody. I mean, I'd love to, to, mm. to touch on that in a little bit. But before mm. we do, let's talk about some of the types of tours that you do. You have a smorgasbord of things that you you offer, some hiking and running and some waterfall tours. Talk to us a little bit about some of those. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I, I'd say our two main categories are hiking and running. You know, the running tours are something we've, it was actually my my guides that had the initiative for that. At first, I was like, I, I don't think people will pay to go running, guys. I was wrong. Mm-hmm. And they said so they jump-started that. We do we do city runs and trail running. And then that's, we can do like 5Ks or 10Ks, depending on what people are looking for. And those are private as well. So it's just the the group and their guide. And that can make it a lot more personal, not only for getting to know the guide and the area, but also for the run. Because with running, you need someone who's going to um, push you forward, but also be able to work with your pace and, and what you can handle. And then our, our bigger category, the other one is our hiking. So we specialize in day trips. Um, typically, we offer half day or full day. Uh, and then we have a variety of locations. My our most popular is the waterfall. Everyone's coming here to see the waterfall. So we do like a family waterfall hike. We do a more intense kind of like a full day waterfall trip off the we go up the Blue Ridge Parkway and that's included. And then we do some mountaintop trips where we're we're summiting a couple peaks. Those are a little more intense. So we'll do those in the morning and the afternoon, or we'll do it what we call the extreme mountaintop tour, uh, which is like an all day thing. And that's where we're hitting, you know, eight miles and up. Wow. Um, and as you know, living around here. Some people, eight miles sounds easy to them, but eight miles summiting mountains, that's that's, different. that's not easy at all. Yeah, yeah. No, no that's a challenge. And then we do a couple specialty tours where we'll do like sunrise or sunset trips. Um, sunrise has been a big hit this year. Um, if your people have been brave enough to get up at 530 to meet, uh, those are really beautiful. And those are shorter trips, about two hours or so. And then we've got our fall color trips coming up soon, which we're really excited about. Uh, as the leaves start to change, and then we do a, a driving tour of the parkway okay. for people that they want to get out and see it, but maybe they're not as comfortable with hiking you know, or going on the terrain. So we, we do a driving one where we hop out along the way and get to check out the views and different sites and stuff like that. So that's kind of our tours in a nutshell. Um, but I'll tell you one thing we love about doing private trips is we're flexible. You know, If someone comes on, they're like, hey, like I'm, I want to do these waterfalls, but uh, I heard about the Hunger Games being filmed here. Is, can we incorporate that to our trip? And we're like, yeah, we'll we'll swing down into Dupont and see some of those areas. Or someone's like, hey, you know, we we want to see the waterfalls. That you know, my husband has a knee injury. What do we do? And we'll go to waterfalls that we can access without too much hiking. So all our routes aren't set in stone because uh, they might change the day of depending on what our 
our guests are looking for. So we, we try to stay flexible to ensure our guests are having just an awesome time when they come out with us. So are the people who are going on these trips, Clayton, are they local? Are they people who are vacationing in or staying in Airbnbs or just all over the place? Are they local and people coming in? Yeah, we definitely have more people from out of town coming on our trips because they're coming here and they, they know this area is known for outdoors, but they don't know where to begin. Um, you know, some people from here will come on our trips more like our specialty stuff, like if they want one of our extreme ones or like a sunrise trip because we go to some secret spots. You know, some people already live here. They've, they've got an understanding of places to go. Um, so I've, that's why I've assumed not as many local people are coming on trips with us. It's probably um, we, we definitely target people from out of town more, but we'll have locals and we invite locals. And if I get someone who lives here who knows a bunch of places, I'll I really try to take them somewhere they've never been um, so that it's not something they could just go and do on their own. It's still a great experience. But I'd say majority we're getting people coming in vacationing here in Asheville. So there are uh, a lot of, you know, guidebooks and online guides and maps and, you know, people can jump on social media um, and they can find out about some local things here. But what I kind of hear you saying, the reason that people are looking for that guided hike experience is because they're they're kind of looking for, I guess, like you said, the personalized touch. But they're also looking for somebody to say, I know I want to do it, but I don't know what I don't know. So help mm-hmm. me, you know, help me help yeah. me with this experience. Is, is that that why guided hikes are are popular? Yeah, that's exactly right, Mike. You know, um, when I started, I even had friends that like, no one's going to pay to go hiking out in, in Pisgah National Forest um, because, yeah, you could. You could go on your own. You could drive up there or drive to the trailhead and hike it. You can read maps online. Um, but the reality is, you know, we're looking at 500,000 acres of national forest around Asheville. Um, you know, in every direction almost, you're running into protected land with trails. Uh, and so when you come here for a weekend, I mean, you, you can try, you can give it a try and you might hit a, a cool spot, but it's, it's overwhelming. Yeah. Even living here myself, I'm always like, Oh, I want to find new places. Or do I know if this trail is going to actually lead anywhere? Or is it kind of just a walk? Um, and so we, we cut that, that effort out, uh, for other people. They don't have to worry about, you know, do I choose this trail or this one? Cause it's not like we have four trails to hike here and you pick one. You know, you're looking at thousands of options. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we kind of, we save them the trouble of figuring out, we'll take them, hey, this is a good spot. We'll get exactly what you're looking for. Um, and then you're right. You get that personal touch. They get to spend time with, with me or one of my guides who's a local. They get to learn about the area, the history, uh, not to mention the, the mm. foliage and everything, all the plant life and animals and everything uh, that goes on in our forest, as well as the history um, you know, we, we don't try and do information overload on our trips, but we try and make it interesting so we can, people can learn and we can learn about edible plants and what are the native North Carolina plants, what's blooming right now, um, stuff like that. So, you know, you add in all those factors and it starts looking really appealing to get a, a guided trip and then just a cherry on top. You don't have to worry about driving. I've noticed a lot of people are nervous to drive on some of the mountain roads mm. if they're coming in from where it's flat. And so we, we save them the the stress of having to drive. Um, and so, and that's why, that's why I think it can, it can be valuable for people to, to come on a guided trip wherever you go. 
um, because it's going to save you that, you know, maybe this is worth it. Maybe it's not when you only have four days in town, it's, it's almost not worth risking it, you know? Yeah. Well, actually you just hit on something that to me is, is a huge reason to do something like this, because if you have limited amount of time, you'd rather pour your resources and your time into saying, you know, take me to that spot. It's almost cheating. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it is, is and it's it is not, you know, That's I mean, right. it's not cheating. I shouldn't say that, but I mean, it's like, but, but I'm in the same boat. I mean, one of the reasons that we started exploration local is because we found ourselves in a, in a, a season of life where we were so caught up in other things with kids growing up that we weren't out exploring, you know, our own backyard. And so yeah. that was one of the things that, you know, made us do, you know, it was our impetus for wanting to get out and, and to hold ourselves accountable, if you will, in, in a way. And what I've even found, to your point, is that I can get so overwhelmed by all that there is to do. But yeah, man, there's so much that's out there to do and see. And if you have four days, it's like my wife were talking. We were camping a couple weeks ago, and we there was so much we could have gone and seen, but we only really had time for like one or two things. Like in my list, it was like 10 long. In reality, right, man, I only had time for two. Right. There's no way you can do the 20 plus miles. Yeah. No. And, you know, we're talking about, okay, this weekend here we have off, you know, we're going to go camping again. Where are we going to go? And then I'm like, you know what? Let's just kind of do some day trips here because I feel like we can kind of, Mm -hmm. if we know where we're going, we can get a day trip in Mm -hmm. quicker than I can packing the tent, unpacking the tent, cooking the food at camp, all these kind of things. So (laughs) anyway, um, I digress a little bit, but, but I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm understanding more and buying into your whole guided hike thing because it's, and the other thing I love that you said is this personal touch. And that's not mm. something I really even thought about, man, until you mentioned it. Because now if I'm all talking about not just the actual physical hike itself, but you're a local. You know our fauna and flora. You know our seasons. Mm-hmm. You know you know, other places they may recommend, you know, you could recommend for them to go. And the whole of piece course. about you being able to say, hey, man, I can put together, I can hear you, what you want. And then on the spot, I can kind of put a trip together for you. So anyway, that that's so cool, man. I, I, I love what you're doing there, bud. Yeah, thank you so much, Mike. So this can't be an easy time right now, right? You mentioned to, you're, mm. you alluded to it with uh, with the pandemic and all that that um, presents, all the challenges that that presents for somebody like yourself. How are you dealing with that, man? Yeah, yeah. It's been a, a very interesting uh year to say the least for all of us for all of us it has especially Asheville. Uh, you know we're such a we're a people city like we need people and um and tourism specifically um and so you know this year we were anticipating a, a big year uh, going off last year's numbers and everything looked great it was like the perfect start to a year, you know, even January, February, we were getting trips in our off season. We were so excited building a team. Uh, and then everything, you know, we kind of, we were getting word of it beginning of the year. And then everyone kind of like, it's like early March. I think everything just stopped in our world. And I was thinking, you know, talking to my wife, what, what are we going to do? We're a tourism business. Everything we do requires people coming in to town and then, not only vacation, but one vacation and spend money. So we're like, we're, you know, we're in trouble here. And, you know, for a time we were, we were in a bit of a a pinch. Uh, We were buying a house and it was supposed to close on March 31st. We backed out of that. Um, And, you know, buying a home in Asheville, that's, it's already hard enough. Oh gosh. And so, 
you know, that it was, it was pretty defeating. We're, we're pulling back on everything. I was picking up odd jobs to, to make ends meet. We had just found out about the pregnancy, which was super exciting uh, amidst all the bad news, but it put a little bit of pressure on us. We're like, oh man, like you know, this is, we really need to, <laughs> to survive. Yeah. It's um, real life. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, on top of that, staying healthy, like we were nervous about the virus with my wife, Brenna being pregnant and just taking extra precautions, you know, all of our trips, I'll tell you this before, you know, right when everything shut down, all of our trips for the year got canceled mm. um, from people backing out, even trips as far as, you know, this was March, even trips up into the summer, yeah. all backed out. And, and I didn't want to keep people from their money because I knew how tough of a time it was. So we refunded everything to wow. everyone that had booked that canceled. And, you know, that was tough. It, March and April were record-breaking low months for us, negative months for our business. And we we were following the guidelines and, and seeing if we could, hey, can we stay open through this? What can we do? And so for a time, we were still offering our trips. We, we cut transportation, so we weren't going to ride with people. And we still said, hey, we're going to offer these. We're going to meet at trailheads we're going to stay away you know appropriate amount of distance away from each other but still guide hikes because we thought you know now more than ever people are probably going to want to get outdoors and find some new trails even people in Asheville. so we we decided we're going to still offer trips we're going to put in these um guidelines in place you know we're going to keep our masks on we're gonna we're not going to drive people we're going to make them a little bit cheaper so that people can you know because they're not getting transportation anymore so we cut the price off a little bit and, you know, one thing we did is we, we made a very loose um, or very flexible booking policy to make people feel comfortable booking. We said anything that gets canceled, uh, at least up to 24 hours before their trip is 100% refund so that people could feel safe booking something. And we didn't get much business through the spring. Uh, but I don't know if you, you noticed, but Asheville seemed to to become pretty busy around June, about the middle of June. I agree. And I think Asheville became everyone's plan B trip. Yeah. Um, people were restless, wanted to get out, but they wanted to go somewhere. It's a small city with things to do outdoor. And like Asheville is the perfect city for that, where you can go, you don't have to be around too many people and there's plenty of things to do outside. And once June hit our business being a, a hiking company that, only does stuff outdoors we became kind of the perfect experience people were looking for and we just shot back up people were booking trips like crazy and it was i was overwhelmed it's like this is just amazing and we were able to to still operate our tour safely um you know we weren't having to be in confined space with people we weren't indoors with anyone ever because we're always out on the trail making sure people felt safe making sure uh, me and my guides were were checking to make sure we're not getting sick or ill or spreading it to anyone else. Because you know it's a it's a touchy thing when you're working with tourists because they're still coming to your town. You don't want them bringing stuff. Right. Um, so we were just extra extra cautious. And then in July, strangely enough, we had a, a record breaking high in that month. So we went from the lowest of lows in March and then up to a really big month in July because everyone they're saying, yeah, our Europe trip got canceled, our Hawaii trip got canceled, but we still needed to go somewhere that we could drive to and be safe and be outdoors. And, and so we were doing our best to accommodate people uh, seeking a little bit of escape and honestly, a little bit of a, a break yeah. um, from whether the big city they're in or the craziness on, on 
TV or on their social media where they could just get outdoors and lose cell service for an hour or two. Amen. Um, and be in, in nature where they could catch their breath and get a little bit of perspective. So, you know, it wasn't the year we've expected and it's still changing. There's still stuff where we're watching and we're, we're trying our best to accommodate people also be as safe as we can. It's, it's been cool the way we can contribute to people and even like in a, a mental health aspect yes. of, of getting people outdoors, giving them some perspective, giving them a, a chance to be away and allowing them to do it safely. We've been learning and we're, we're still changing and still learning, but it's, it's been cool that you know, despite being such a, a really tough spring for us, we're still able to do what we love. You know, my wife and I are still able to at least have some food on the table and, you know, <laughs> not go broke um you know but it's it's been a challenge for all of us in Asheville and I hurt with you know my dear friends that do uh, are in the same industry and doing stuff with uh, whether whether it be service or or whatnot it's it's been definitely challenging and I just I also just want to tag on there that I love how seriously Asheville's taken this you know yeah it's been people have been looking out for each other keeping masks on keeping their distance um, and I don't know if you saw but when all this started, you know, there were a lot of people like offering their services or, you know, free grocery delivery from yes. businesses or it's, I love that. I love the community of, of Asheville and its businesses. So it's been a crazy year. We've learned a ton. Um, and we're going to continue to, to commit to learning and changing as, as this develops. And as we, uh, you know, as we continue through this pandemic. Well, I, I, Again, I commend you, and, and again, going back to my earlier comment, I think you're definitely wise beyond your years and the way that you're handling your business, the way you're handling this this pandemic, merging the two together, doing things responsibly. And I do believe you're you're right. There's a friend of mine who she shared. Uh, she's a longtime Ashevillian, and she shared a book with mm. me uh, called Rising or Raising Asheville. And mm. I'm in the the middle of the book, but one of the things that she mentioned in this book was about how. Asheville, for as long as she could remember, has been about creatives and collaborative efforts and mm. people that are coming together and not operating silos and, you know, and not, you know, this is my territory, I'm protecting it, you do you, I do me. It's it's not that mm. at all. And I think it speaks to, you know, what you said earlier about people kind of coming together and helping and, you know, that's been the, uh, I think there's been a lot of silver linings in this whole pandemic thing. I mean, I don't want to get down a rabbit trail with it, but one of sure. the things that I love about what you do and where we live and what our natural resources have to offer is I think exactly what people are needing and looking for and longing for really in this, this kind of day and time that we're in. It's so mm-hmm. wise and important to unplug, pull away, reconnect. Um, and we all know that the research is, is out there and it's in its go or excuse me, it's growing and gaining for, um, positivity and, and, and mental health in, in the outdoors. And it's, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's, they're, they're great gifts given to us as long as we just kind of take advantage of them. So yeah, I think what you're doing mm-hmm. is, uh, lends to that greatly. And I, and, and, and I'm, that's psyched. I'm, I'm, I'm so stoked to hear that, you know, June and July were big months for you. And I can't imagine, you know, with this, oh man, with this huge, I mean, the beautiful weather that we're having, I, I hope it's right. I hope it's shape, shaping up to be one of the best fall colors we've had in a while. Cause mm-hmm. It would be a bright we spot. Need <laughs> we need it. We need it, Yeah, Asheville needs a, a beautiful fall. I we do. really help us this year. I know. I know, man. <laughs> so I want to switch gears a little bit on something that is very, very near and dear to your heart. And you call it the, you know, having a business with a purpose and using your influence to help others. 
Can you talk to us about your wipe every tear uh, campaign or initiative that you have? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it ties in all the way to the beginning of our business. Wipe every tear is an organization we partner with, um, and they get girls out of the girls and guys out of the sex trafficking industry across the world. Mm. Um, and I was actually volunteering, working with them, um, in Southeast Asia and the Philippines. And that's when I had the idea for this business when I was living there. And so I, I got to spend time, um, with their founder, a guy named Kenny over there in Southeast Asia. And we were actually in the bars and we we're in the safe houses and talking to these people who had had their lives completely turned around through this organization, mm. um, and brought from, uh, a life of, of absolutely no hope and, and pain and brokenness and fear and emptiness, uh, into a life of joy and, and love and freedom. And, you know, we, we always hear about human trafficking and, and the problem it causes. And there's great campaigns all over the world. And, I think a lot of time we're like, yeah, that's a big problem. And then we kind of move on with our life because it doesn't always touch us personally. Yeah, yeah. Um, and sometimes it's, it's, it's overwhelming. It's such a big problem. We think, oh, what can I do? And then it's almost easier to put it out of our mind than to try and face it. Um, and I've been guilty of that in my life. But being there in, in some of those bars, it's a place called Angeles City. And there's over 16,000 girls trapped in, uh, in sex trafficking there. Um, it's the biggest hub of what's called sex tourism in Southeast Asia. And when I was there, it broke my heart, Mike. It mm. it became much more real to me that there's a, a serious problem. Um, there are girls that were being trapped and tricked and lied to and scammed into these uh, these jobs at these bars. They were called dancers, but they, it's prostitution mm. um, against their will, or they get a, a debt against them, and the, the owners say you have to pay this debt, so you have to work this job until you pay us off. And from that moment, I said, I want to help. I want to be a part of what they're doing. Of course, I wasn't going to live in the Philippines forever. I was coming back home, and so as I was building this business, I put it together. I said, man, I could use this to support them financially and what they're doing. And so made a commitment from the beginning 2016 to give 10% of everything we make to them. You know, when I started, I was like, we'll give 50%. We'll just give them half. And I had some advisors say, well, then you won't be in business. So that won't work. That'll work for a week. Uh, but I was so passionate. And so I said, okay, we'll, we'll land on 10%. And that's our, our gross profit. So 10% off the top of everything that comes in, we, we send straight to wipe every tear. Um, and we've been doing that for, for four years and we've raised thousands of dollars for their mission. Um, and I'll just, I'll give you a quick overview of what they do Please. and why it's so, um, powerful. Cause there's tons of organi organizations out there. I think they're great. Um, but this one struck me because, so what they do, they have in the Philippines specifically in the bars, um, it's not a lock and key type of prostitution. It's a financial trap. So they're either sent there from, by their families to provide for them. Um, uh, fathers sending their daughters or kids to these bars and pretty much saying, hey, you have to keep us alive. Um, and a quick side note, it uh, in the Philippines, there's overpopulation and mm -hmm. most normal jobs require a college education. So in a McDonald's over there, everyone there has a hospitality degree or something similar. Mm -hmm. So getting a job, just a basic job is very difficult. And so people living out in the province in the country or that's why they're they're sending family members to this terrible industry just so that they don't die and starve. Oh so my gosh, what's man. a you know what's a 15 year old girl gonna do when her family is you know their life their lives are in her hands 
Um, it's not like she's choosing this life, like, oh, I want to go work here. Uh, it's a, I have to work here. Um, other examples are they'll go, these bar owners, they'll go into poorer cities and they'll say, hey, we've got a, a waitress job open up here at this place. You know, we'll, we'll pay your ticket there. We'll give you free transportation so you can interview. You'd be a great candidate. And then they're all excited. They go show up to this bar. You know, they had all their, their transportation paid for. And then when they get there, they'll say, oh, sorry, the job's not available, but you owe us for the transportation here, whatever X amount of money that is. So you have to be a dancer now. You have to be a, a prostitute till you oh pay gosh. us back. Uh, and so they're trapped into it at that point. And then, you know, the other side of it, some girls, that's the only way they can make money. If they come from a poor area and they don't have a college education, much less maybe even a high school education, um, then they have no way to make money. And then they're trapped in that or else they, they starve. And so they don't have anywhere else to turn. So wipe every tear, what they do, they have safe houses in the Philippines. They they go into the bars and they talk to these girls and really they just get them to dream. They sit down with them and they they find out about their life, what they care about, what they always wanted to do. You know, because at this point they're working this job um, that you can see it, Mike. When you see their face, you see it, it's sunken, it's sad. It's, it's almost like a, a blank face, like there's a hopelessness they carry. Um, and they, these, the wipe every tear employees, they'll talk to them and get them to laugh, get them to dream about their, you know, what do they always wanted to do? What do they care about? You know, um, would they ever want any pets? You know, just normal conversation. Yeah. They build relationships with them. And then they say, after they get to know them, they say, Hey, we have a place where you can come and live. It's a safe place to live with these other girls and these mentors there. And we will help you finish your high school, get your GED equivalent. Uh, for what they have over there, we'll, we'll give you a, a monthly allowance. You can make a little bit of money. Well, if you have kids, they'll give them uh, child care. The kids can live with them there. Um, and we'll teach you some trade skills, making jewelry and painting and, and uh, sewing. And then uh, they say, hey, we'll, we'll put you in school. We'll get you into college, a good college. We'll help you finish college and we'll see you all the way till you get a job. Uh, you graduate college, you get a job, and you have a safe place to live. All if you just want to. If you just come with us, we'll we'll allow you to do that, and we'll help you through that, and we'll give you a new life. And that's it. It's like no questions asked. No, you know, you have to sign here. You have to be whatever eligible. It's it's if you want to come, you're invited. That's the the offer to these girls. And if they choose to leave, if they choose to leave the bars and and you know risk their family starving or risk you know, not having a job, whatever it may be, or risk. Um, oh, and if they have a debt, the wife every tier pays whatever debt they have oh, to wow. pay it off. So if they feel like I can't leave, well, you know, they say we'll take care of that. They could pack their bags, you know, grab their purse or whatever and leave that night and be able to join uh, wife every tier and what they're doing and be in the safe house and have an opportunity to, to get a chance to turn their life around when they wouldn't normally. So it's, a, it's all inclusive. <laughs> organization it's not just hey we'll get you out of there and you're on your own and they see them through all the way through and some of those girls they end up going to to work with wipe every tier afterwards and it's i've got to spend time in the safe house and it's such a family you know mm. they treat each other like family they care about each other because they know what they've been through they you know they might have completely different stories but they ended up at the same place and, and they know what this freedom is like and one thing wipe every tier does differently than other organizations which i thought was really interesting uh, a lot of times people say when, when you remove someone from that environment, you keep them from it. Like, don't let them get anywhere near it, a bar or a situation like that again. So they, they can heal or whatever the case may be. But Wife Every Tear found out once they had these girls in the safe house, they were 
asking, can we go back to the bars and tell our friends about this place? Can we go talk to them? And so when we would go talk to some of the girls in the bars and tell them about this program, we would bring uh, some of the girls from the safe houses with us and they'd come and they'd have their, their like name tag bar pass that you have to wear when you're up on stage as one of the prostitutes. And they'd show them and they'd say, Hey, look, I worked here. I worked at this bar and trust these people. Um, and they even, they'll say it in their, their native tongue. If they speak the same dialect of uh, Tagalog that they speak, which is the language over there. Um, so that's not a, a stranger telling someone close to home that can say, Hey, this is real. And this is a chance to turn your life around because they'll, they'll lie to them. The employees at the restaurant, they'll say that, you know, people are going to come and tell you this, but they're, they're lying to you. They're going to traffic you to a different country. They're going to abuse you, you know, whatever they can do to keep business. Cause they're just trying to, to keep their margins up. Um, mm. and they don't have any, they don't care about their lives. Uh, even some of the employees of wipe every tear have had their pictures put up on the, uh, the, inside the employees area and the bars with like warnings, like, Hey, don't trust these people yada, yada, because they were losing business because of it. Um, and doing that to trick them because they've already been tricked once. So now they're very skeptical of people saying, Hey, come with us to the safe house. It's, it almost seems too good to be true for them. And so all that, you know, they, what they'll do typically when they do a trip there, they'll spend a week getting to know the girls. And on the last day they say on Friday, Hey, you're welcome to come just, tour the safe house, come meet the girls, come see the houses. And then, you know, they're invited to join them and they can. And since it's such an inclusive program, it's really expensive. It's about $330 per month per girl for them to operate. And they've got over a hundred girls in uh, safe houses now and seven different safe houses. And so, you know, knowing what they did, how much it costs and how useful and important it is, because uh, it's a worldwide problem, but even right there, they're making a difference in the Philippines and a little bit in Thailand. We said, you know, it, it might not be much, but we're going to be a part of this. We're going to help out. And then we did it. And now we're, we're continuing to help them and join in their mission. And we, we always push on our website and after trips, we always tell people, hey, go and read about what they're doing, learn about it, and encourage people to go on there and make a donation directly to them as well to continue to, to provide for those girls and give them a chance of, of a new life of, of living in some freedom. Uh, so that's it's a lot, I know, and I could probably spend a couple hours going into it because it's, it's so I'm so passionate about yeah, it. Yeah, It's clear. Uh, but, but that's one of the main reasons why we do what we do and, you know, we get to support them, you know, maybe someday we can, we can give 50% without, you know, running out of business or something like that. But it's, it's an honor as a business owner to, to fight with them and what they're doing. Uh, we're going to continue to do that as long as we can. Man, that's amazing. And it is so evident, Clayton, that this isn't something that is just a, you know, a tagline or a little feel good Mm -hmm. thing that you, you sponsor on the side. I mean, you are all in with this and you've seen it, you've smelled it, you've been around it, Mm -hmm. you, you know it. And, uh, man, I just, um, I commend you, you know, that's one of the things I always love about doing these types of interviews with business owners. And, and one of my, my heart's behind it is that there's a story that is so much deeper than, you know, Asheville adventures, you know, there, there's always a story behind something and how I'm always amazed at the experience that people have, the things that make them, you know, the, whatever their triggers are that, that make them just sort of jump in and support something. And yeah, yeah. so man, I, I commend what, what you're doing and what, a, what we'd love to do is uh, maybe you can send me the, the link. I don't know if it's on the website. I was, I was there, but I don't know if it's on the, the website, but we could send the link to wipe every tear and we'll include that in the show notes and put it on the website and definitely make, I love yeah, that. definitely yeah. make people more, more aware of that. 
All right. So before I let you go, and you may or may not want to share, you know, specifics on some of the locations you go, but what are some of the top types of adventures that you like to do and that maybe that uh, maybe, I don't know, a, a top few trips that are always the popular ones with your guests? Mm, mm, yeah, I'll start with my personal favorite. It's our, I love the waterfalls here, but I think my favorite is our peak to peak mountaintop hike because we'll, you know, and it's, it's known, everyone knows about the black balsam area yeah. um, if you live in Asheville and, and we'll just go up there. Um, you know, we have, specific routes up there that we take we don't tell people about some off the beaten path trails but we still hit some of those major peaks uh black balsam knob tenant mountain some of those and i i truly think there's some of the most beautiful views i've ever seen mm. uh, hiking on that ridge line of those bald mountains and going down into the saddle and back up to the top on the cliffs that it's just every time it gets me whether it's a sunrise up there or sunset or just the middle of the day where you see a storm coming in from up there i say that's personally my favorite hike to do there's so much up there. You could do one mile and have beautiful views, or you could do, you could spend all day and do a 10 mile trip all the way down out towards cold mountain or shining rock. And I'm convinced that's some of the most beautiful country around. And so I love it when people choose that one. That one of course is a little bit more intense depending on how far we go. You know, four miles up there is pretty strenuous and it takes a while. So not everyone wants to go so far. And I, I try not to, to push people too hard when I'm over there just geeking out, having so much fun on top keep of the up, mountain. I've up. got to remember, I know I'm, I'm wanting to find a new trail. I'm like, no, I need to remember. I need to, you know, they've never been here before. Right. And that helps me appreciate it too. When you take someone who's never been here and they'll notice something you've passed a hundred times and you're like, wow, that, that actually is really pretty. Mm-hmm. It helps me appreciate this area. But, you know, I think our our most popular is our waterfalls. And some of those I, I won't name because we go to some, some of our secret waterfall spots. Yeah. So that, firstly, it's like, okay, this is a waterfall they would never find on their own. You know, some of the waterfalls we go to are waterfalls I found uh, mountain biking as a high schooler, nice. just finding a new trail. I'm like, this looks fun. And then I'm like, wow, there's a big waterfall there. And go to a couple that, that don't are unnamed. You know, if you follow some of the rivers around Nashville, you find different cascades some are big some are small and we we love to be able to do that to go somewhere like hey this is a this is a secret spot no one really knows about this um but again some of those are like you're you're looking at a challenging hike there's a reason no one really knows where it is because it's hard to get to or whatever um so one i will name that we go to fairly often is graveyard fields Mm. um that's a common hike most people in Asheville know about it uh in fact when i was a kid (laughs) me and my family we go up there and every blueberry season and just start filling up empty milk jugs for uh, our blueberry supply mm. because that's just the thing to do up there. And it's, uh, I was up there today and it was, it's still the tail end of blueberry season. So there's still some berries to be picked. And so, uh, there's two waterfalls in there we'll hit. And if people have never been here before, it's a really cool spot. It's right off Blueish Parkway. Um, tons of, it's a very interesting, uh, landscape because of the history there and, and the, the forest fires that hit there and the logging industry, what it did. Um, and then to be able to walk and like pick blackberries and blueberries as you go, um, it's really cool. It's a unique experience. You get to see the waterfalls up close and personal. Um, and there's bathrooms at the parking lot, which is a, a nice bonus right. if people don't want to try the, uh, the wilderness toilet. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, you know, that's kind of a, a brief summary of that, but. Well, I, I can completely understand not wanting to, to share, and I wouldn't ever expect anybody to. I have some of mine I know that's not uncharted, but, 
you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I take very few people to those places and uh, other places I'm still yep. discovering, but other ones that, you know, if I can get away and get away from crowds, it just seems to be so much of a, a richer, you know, experience yeah. than, you know, five, 500 right. people being at the base of Catawba Falls or something, you know, it's, um, right, right, right. You got to hit those spots early in the morning to get those. Yep. Yeah. Well, that is cool, man. So anything new on the horizon for you all, Clayton? You know, um, we're always looking, we're always looking for what, what new adventures can we offer? You know, we, we've got some stuff in the works as, as we grow and as we expand what we offer, but we want to be the place for adventure, whether it's hiking or whatever the outdoor activity may be. We want to connect people to that. So yeah, we, we've got stuff coming down the pipe here soon. I uh, won't spoil anything depending on uh, who's out there. Just so it'd be more of a surprise for sure. you. Um, but yeah, we, but we're going to stick with our focus. We want to be a place uh, of adventure for a purpose. Good. So, you know, starting with hiking and running and expanding, whether right now it's just going to be new, cooler spots and then with more stuff to come. But yeah, some of that I'll, I'll leave for surprise for our Asheville friends as, as we develop those. Good for you. All right. I got to ask this question though, man, you're, you're bruising hikes, you're coffee brewing, brewing. <laughs> it's it, it's yeah. all local yeah, stuff yeah. right yeah and that's that's what i understand you're you're brewing some local coffee mm-hmm. yep. do you have any particular one that you brew or do you just have a collection of of uh, different varieties you know personally i've just been sticking with with dynamite dynamite oh, coffee yes. and they're up in black mountain they are just amazing uh and pretty much everyone you talk to in Asheville is going to be a fan of dynamite coffee yeah. And so, you know, I love to be able to connect that to people. You know, I don't, I've not even talked to the people over at Dynamite that we're doing that for them. We just, I just love the coffee. So I was like, we're going to offer this on our sunrise trip or even sunset, depending on what we're doing. Well, I love to whip out the the old jet boil nice. and the French press to make some coffee. But yeah, that's our, that's our go-to right now is Dynamite. So if you're listening to this and you've not had Dynamite <laughs> coffee, Mike and I will tell yeah. you, Go and get some. It's it's worth it. Buy them online right now. They probably need it, and it's it's great coffee. Yeah, it's great. And if you're in the area, you know they're getting ready to open up a new manufacturing facility in Swannanoa. It is. Oh yeah, yeah they're real close to to being uh, open. Their their tasting room, I guess they you know it's where they originally started uh, up in Swannanoa near Black Mountain. That is uh, reopened again, so they have their outdoor seating mm. there and uh, always brewing some. Some amazing stuff. They were one of the first people that we ever had on Exploration Local when we started doing it as a uh, as a more of a blog, more of a written content. And yeah, then, no yep, way. Yep. How cool yep. is that? So I uh, we we spent a lot of time together, and uh, right before they went off and did their visits to their farms uh, in the spring, and mm. so yeah, man, they're 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 fantastic people, and. And, uh, I mean, there's, there's some, there's some really good ones that are out there. I mean, there's, you of know, course. there are, there are, but dynamite, man, that just, uh, it's so funny you said that. And that's, uh, it's one of my favorite <laughs> ones. Man. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So good. So good. Well, listen, my friend, it, uh, it has been good to connect with you. I know that you stay constantly busy, so I want to be sensitive to your time, but I can, mm-hmm. um, if, if you would consider it, I would love to have you back and, um, I already have a couple of angles in my brain about things to uh, to sort of collaborate with you on helping people understand local, you know, the localness of Asheville and 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 also mm. Western North Carolina too. I think you bring a a ton of uh, 
a ton of information and history from a local's perspective that is really unique because honestly, man, there aren't, uh, there's a lot of transplants here, but to meet somebody who is a native is not, I mean, it's very rare to do that. So yeah. Yeah. You know, well, good. Well, man, I commend everything that you're doing. I love uh, all that you're about, everything that you're involved with, with Wipe Every Tear. We're definitely going to post some of that stuff. Before I let mm-hmm. you go, though, I have to ask you, how do people find out about you? How do people find out about your tours? Yeah, you know, the the best thing we've got right now is is online. People searching for, you know, things to do in Asheville, hiking in Asheville, stuff like that. Um, but my favorite is word of mouth. You know, if you can show someone a, a great experience uh, and a really cool spot and let them get to know a local or one of our awesome guides, and then they go and tell a friend about it, that's going to be like, hey, you need to do this when you come to Asheville. And so that's my favorite. I love getting referrals and, and having people spread the word about, hey, here's a way you can get outdoors and help people at the same time. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what we're trying to do. We're always trying to get our story out there. Nice. And your website is hikewnc.com? Yeah, just go to hikewnc.com and you'll see all the information on there, why we do it. You know, you can read about why we put here, my story, our guides, um, and then see our hikes on there and figure out what hike sounds good for you. If you're, you know, listening to this, you live in town, you've never done a, a sunrise up on top of a mountain. Uh, we've got some really cool spots we go. You could have a, a nice cup of dynamite there coffee brewed for you right there on the top. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, Clayton, my friend, again, thank you for coming on. Thanks for making the time in between your trips. I wish you nothing but the best, and I look forward to uh, staying in touch with you as well, my friend. Thank you, Mike. I love what you're doing, and I really appreciate it. There's a book titled Meaningful Work, A Quest to Do Great Business, Find Your Calling, and Feed Your Soul by Sean Askinosi. In the book, Askinosi shows that we all have the capacity to find meaning in our work and be a force for good in the world. It's undeniable that Clayton Manch has found a greater purpose for Asheville Adventures and it stretches far beyond the breathtaking views and summits in the Southern Appalachian Mountains. I hope you loved this episode. If you did, please subscribe. If you really loved it, please consider leaving us a review. It helps us reach more people. Please check us out on our website, explorationlocal.com, for show notes, links, and photos. And also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. We have some pretty cool guests coming up. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. One last thing, if you have someone you think would be a great guest on the podcast, please let me know. You can email me at mike at explorationlocal.com. Well, that's going to do it for today. And until we meet again, I encourage you to wander far, but explore local.